If you remember last week, we, uh, we said, listen, we're, we're in this exciting process, and what does it mean for us as we, as we take steps towards, uh, towards this project and towards a new season with God for, for us to be preparing ourselves? And so last week, we spent some time talking about what it means to be, um, to be united, a united community and to, to not drag into a new space old baggage not take in the, the remnants of broken relationships or, or unmet desires and connectivity or just old stuff that should have been dealt with into a new space. And so let us, let us do the work to be a united community as we take a step forward. And, and this morning, uh, we're going to talk about what it means to be a generous community. What does it look like for us to not just be a generous community now, but to, to become more and more of a generous community uh, as, we step, as we step forward. So uh, I'm going to read a few passages this morning uh, and uh, in, in sequence, and then uh, and then we're going we're gonna to talk about what this, what this looks like. So uh, let me pray. Father, as we, as we open your word now, as, as we get to hear from you as to how you engaged your people and your people engaged you as, uh, as to the, some of the foundational principles of how we, we see life and as we understand you and ourselves, Lord, would you, would you open our ears? Would you give us clarity of mind? Would, would your spirit infuse us with what is true? And, and Lord, would, could you make it sweet, palpable, like, like the honeycomb, that we, would, uh, that we would enjoy the receiving of the beautiful truth that you have for us in your word and through Christ? It's in his name that we pray this. Amen. Well, hear the word of the Lord. This is from Exodus 35. This is in preparation for the building of the tabernacle under Moses. It says in verse 4, Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, this is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twisted linen, Goat's hairs, tanned ram skins and goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and stones for setting for the ephod and the breastpiece. Verse 20. Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Verse verse 21. And they came. Everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women, all who were of a willing heart, brought brooches and earrings and and signet rings and, and armlets, all sorts of gold objects, every man dedicating an offering of gold to the Lord. Verse 29. All the men and women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring everything for the work that God had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a freewill offering to the Lord. So that's the tabernacle. 400 years later, in preparation for building the temple in Jerusalem, we read this in 1 Chronicles 29. And David the king said to all the assembly, Solomon, my son, Whom alone God has chosen is young and inexperienced, and the work is great. For the place will not be for man, but for the Lord God. Moreover, in addition to all that I have provided for the holy holy house, I have a treasure of my own of gold and silver. And because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God. And for all the work to be done by craftsmen, gold for the things of gold and silver for the things of silver, who then will offer willingly 
consecrating himself today to the Lord. Verse 6, then the leaders and fathers' houses made their freewill offerings, as did also the leaders of tribes, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officers who the king, officers over the king's work. Verse 9, then the people rejoiced, because they had given willingly, for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. Verse 14, David prays, but, but who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly for all things come from you and of your own have we given you for we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding. Oh Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand, and it's all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all things, all these things. And now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. A thousand years later, in the book of Acts, as the church of Jesus Christ begins to flourish in Jerusalem, we read in Acts chapter 4, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what they sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this morning we're going to talk about being a generous community. We're going to talk about it in, in four different categories. We're going to talk about a generous community, that a, com a generous community knows why they give, that a generous community remembers what they have, that a generous community understands how to give, and in the end, a generous community sees a generous God. So first, a generous community knows why they give. It's amazing in verse 5 of 1 Chronicles as David's speaking, and he asks this question. Who then will offer willingly, consecrating himself today to the Lord? It's this amazing moment where David's taking two pieces and he's pushing them together. He's saying, who's going to offer willingly? And offering willingly is going to be someone who consecrates themselves to the Lord. Who's going to do that today? And here's the fundamental principle that David's bringing out. That when we give our money, when we give our things, that we're giving ourselves. That when you give your money, when you give your things, that, that you are giving yourself. And, and as we continue to give ourselves more, we become more like him. This is where the Apostle Paul kind of captures this picture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. It's a passage on generosity, and, and he says, the point is this, which is always helpful when a writer just says, okay, this is the point. And he says it. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That, that's, that's the point, that there's a, that there's a connection what the scriptures point out, and this, this happens over and over and over and again, is that there's this inextricable tie between 
the way that I view my things and particularly the way that I end up giving them away, that I, that I release them to be in the, in, the, in the work of the Lord in whatever capacity that was, that there's, a, there's a connectivity between how I see my things and how I give them away and my devotion and consecration and, and belonging to God. That, that you can't put, pull those apart. That, that someone who will be someone who is consecrated and gives themselves to the Lord is someone who will give their things. That they, that they belong together. That they're connected. That they're bound to one another. Belonging to the heart of God above all things. And I think this is probably one of the things that shifted in me particularly significantly over the course of this past month. As you know, like, I've never done this before. I've never walked through this kind of a campaign, never had these kind of challenges and moments before. And, and so I, I, I came in with the presumption that originally, especially, the feeling that I was primarily going, going to need to convince you that this project is worth your generosity. And now, I actually believe it is worth your generosity. Or actually, maybe I was going to need to remind you of how awesome our church is. And over and over, remind you of how awesome our church is and, and that God wants to do something significant with us. And then therefore, because of how amazing the work of God and the people of God in this church, that we should reprioritize our, our spending and our giving in a way that allows this project to take, take shape. And, and I, I do believe that, that we are that awesome of a church. Or maybe the most important thing is for me to paint a, a really compelling picture of all the new opportunities, you know, to be able to show you what, it, what a classroom would look like where, as we've said, kids can actually touch all the things or, 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 or what, what, the, what the, you know, what the, the auditorium, and I can paint this amazing picture of what it's going to be like and all the opportunities that we're going to have, which we are going to have awesome opportunities to flourish. But if I can paint a good enough picture for you, then it's going to be worth your while to give. And what I've realized, and it's been a really awesome freeing reality, is that it has nothing to do with it. Now, it doesn't mean we're not talking about those things, which we are, but that's actually not how it works. The reality is that this opportunity really is, what this opportunity really is, is God calling you into an opportunity to give to this project as a manifestation of the fact that you belong to him. That, that you, as a consecrated person to God, are going to be a generous person towards God's work, towards God's mission, towards God's purposes, that, that our consecration, our set-apartness, our I belong to God above all things and, and, and he belongs to me above all things, that that, that reality is going to manifest itself into a, a, a generous heart, into actually living out, and, and that it's not actually between you and the church, it's, it's not between you, it's actually between you and God, that this is really where the conversation is, and that's that's remarkable. That's powerful because that's where the conversation should be. That's where the consecrated ones talk about who they are. And this is what you can see this um, in, um, it's one of the reasons why David says in verse 17 uh, of First Chronicles, he says, I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. He's saying, God, I, I know that you test the heart and that you take delight in uprightness. So you test the heart, and when it manifests itself to be consecrated, upright, when it, 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 oh yes, God is the most important thing. I want to be with him and about his work. When that's the case, that uprightness manifests itself in freely giving. See the trajectory? That's how it works. God tests. And one of the amazing things that we see in this verse is that God uses giving as a test. God loves to use giving as a test for our hearts. 
And what's, what's crazy is he's designed it that way. That giving purifies our hearts. Here's, here's how we know it. Is that when I'm faced with the opportunity to, use, to give away my resources instead of spending them on, on myself or using them for myself, automatically I get confronted with my, with my allegiances. Automatically I get confronted with, with, with my affections, with what, what is most precious to me, with, with what I, I feel like I have to have in order to be okay. It, it goes with it. I'm confronted with, what do I really believe about God? What do, I, what do I really believe about him? What do I really believe about myself? And what do I really believe about life? It ends up being about me and God, which is one of the things that God gives us when he invites us to give. So when we give, what happens is that we, we prove to our own hearts, because it's, it's a testing, that we prove to our own hearts and minds that we're not possessed by our possessions. Instead, that we've been possessed by someone else. And that because we now belong to him, that all that is in our hands can be given to this generous, gracious God. Which is one of the reasons why David said, in the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered. What he's saying is, he's saying I match. He's saying, in the uprightness of my heart, in the, in the reality that I belong to God and that I am holding him at highest esteem, that I am consecrated to him, then I, I give. It, it, it matches. It, it's, it's him saying that, it's that we don't get to say, I, 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 do, I do love God above all things without demonstrating that love in very tangible, specific ways by David would say, by giving to what God is about, to his purposes and his mission through his church and through his people, that that's one of the tangible, specific ways in which we say, I do love the Lord and it has an effect. It manifests itself. That I don't just say that I trust my father to care and provide for me, but, but that I, I am willing to actually believe that he is going to provide in the end of my life. That, that I don't trust in my savings account or in my IRA, but I primarily trust in the Lord that he's the one who's going to care for me. See, I'm not confronted with that when I'm, when I'm actually holding everything for myself. I'm trying to manage it to succeed. But, but one of the things that generosity does, one of the things that giving our things away does is it's a manifestation of the fact that I trust him every single time. And, and the way you know is when you really start having those thoughts and really have those conversations as a couple or in your own soul, you find yourself, as, as Brick said, you find yourself in a place going like, okay, do I really trust you with this? Do I really believe that you are who you say you are? I don't get to just say like, Lord, you're, you're, my, you're my satisfaction or, or you're my security. You're my joy. You're my portion forever. When I give, what I do is I make room for God to be actually be my satisfaction. It's, a, it's like um, the opportunity we have when we say, I'm going to, I'm going to forfeit something or, or I'm going to delay something, that the gap that that creates is the invitation of movement towards God that he would really be your satisfaction, that he would be your joy, that he would be your portion. It's as though God is giving you the gift of giving so that you can have more of him. 
That he's giving you the gift of giving so you can have more of him, not less of your stuff, which is what it feels like on the surface. You do know that this is God's entire purpose, right? He wants to give himself to you. He wants you to enter the fullness of what it looks like to have life and to be alive in him. And he's created means, and one of those means is to be a generous person. And we become a generous person when we give. And we give when we understand that we've consecrated ourselves to him above all. Which is one of the reasons why Jesus says, lay up treasures in heaven. Because when you lay up treasures in heaven, you feel connected to heaven. They're connected one to the other. So, I'm not inviting you to give to a building. I have no interest in that conversation. I'm not even asking you to give to the church. What I, what I want to invite you into is to live congruently with what you're declaring is true about you and the way in which God wants to change and morph and grow you and draw you to himself. That as a consecrated, beloved, belonging person, you would, of course, be one who offers freely and with an open heart. But they, they go together. They belong to one another. They are knit together. So a generous community knows why they give. Because when you give your money, you're giving yourself. A generous community also remembers what they have. This is probably one of the most surprising pieces of this uh, First Chronicles passage. In verse 14 and 16, David says, um, for, he's praying to, to God, he says, For all things come from you, and of your own have, you, have we given you. O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I'm, I'm going to say the most obvious and I think the most difficult thing, and that is that perhaps one of the most essential life-transforming and freedom-engendering truths from God to his people, this incredible reminder that he says over and over and over again that he longs for us to take into our deep, deep into our being is that everything comes from him. That all things are from his hand. That it's all his now, at risk of, of you saying, right, I've been to church before. I understand, like, he owns everything. But, but that, it's, that it's actually his. And this is what I know, is that the moments when we find ourselves saying, I'm, I'm afraid, or I'm not sure, I'm, I, can, I can risk to give, I can risk to step out. The first thing that's really striking me is, is that he's not going to give me what I need. That, that's, that's, our, that's the fear, is that he's not going to provide for, for what I need, that, that he's going to hold out on me. And, and I need to hold some of this for my, myself. And, and God here reminds us through David. And you can see David's almost baffled here. He's like, if I think about this rightly, we're actually just giving you back the stuff that's yours to do the thing for you. And it's it's almost, almost has irony in it of this is, this is ridiculous, Lord. Like all the, the bounty that we have to turn over to you for us to do this thing is your stuff. And, 
And says, oh, it's like, of course, of course this is what it means. This, of course this is what we're going to do, do with it. Loved ones, every dollar in your accounts, however many you have, every, every square inch of your home, every cylinder in your car, every stock in your IRA, every can in your pantry, every app on your phone, all those belong to God. All of them belong to the Lord. He's given them to you. They all belong to him. All of them. Amen? If that's the case, then what God is inviting us towards is the most natural thing, and that is to say, God, what do you want me to do with yours? If you're going to preach 15 sermons on giving, on generosity, on having a free heart towards your stuff, this is the core of it. This is the center of it. Every single time, I, I must come to a place where God, please help me see that that all the things that are in my hand are, are not my own. It, it's what we see in Acts 4 with the, with the, the church in, in Jerusalem. It says, no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. Not, not that they belonged to someone else, but that they, that they belonged to God, and that therefore, because they belonged to him, he could ask you to do whatever he wanted with them, whether it's to, to serve a need or to further a mission. He, he could do whatever because it, it was his. So, so what's your block? Like right now, as, as I say, all, all of your stuff is... is is his and like, mm, preach it, brother. It's true. Mm-hmm. What, what's your block? What's where is that not true? Because see, typically, what we, this is what I typically what I do is I go, this is totally true. And in this entire quadrant and area, I agree. But what's actually true is that there's an entire other quadrant. It's no, well, not 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 here though. Not not this. Not this plan. Not this dream. Not this timing. You, you, don't, you don't understand. Like, I, this has to be true for us. We, we couldn't make it. We couldn't survive. We, and God's inviting us to trust him. One of the coolest things about being a part of this process in the last couple of months has been the conversations I've gotten to have and, and to watch the people in this very community getting creative and, and just like some of the stories they were telling, like, and, and I mean, really cool things. Like we had someone that, that sold some, some old, some old gear, some gear they've been trying to get rid of for a while and finally got to sell it about $1,300 worth of it's going to the project in addition to some of their other gifts. We had some other people that are, are taking out like money from their house, like actually home equity out of their house to be able to, to give towards the project and are going to manage the repayment of it at a, at a different time. People are, are, the people are giving their raise. The raise that they just got, they're, they're actually just giving the raise for the course of the, the, course of the project. Other, other people are going to their savings. Other people are selling stocks. The, the amount of, there's a way in which I can, God can use what I have to be able to further what he's trying to do in this very unique time in the season of our church. has been, it's been amazing. It's been incredibly humbling. See people give their entire tax return. Say, all right, you know what? We weren't planning on it anyway. We'll just, we'll just pass that along. To commit year-end bonuses. And then the number of you that are talking and have to share with me different ways in which you're just delaying or just forfeiting 
something you were planning on doing this year or, or next year, things you've been saving for, and, and say, I want to, as Brick said, I want to I I push this into a different direction. I want to, I want a kingdom investment. Not that there's anything wrong with any of the good things and blessings that God gives us, but for a season of, of reprioritizing and shifting and removing non-essential things out of budget, it's been, it's been incredibly humbling. To, to be thinking together and to have folks be like, oh, oh that's a great idea. I think I, we could do that too. And to hear people encouraging one another. There's, there's one of the community groups I heard that they're, they're just challenging each other. Like, I, I, think, I think we can do more. I think, there's, I think together we could accomplish more. And like, that's just beautiful. That, that's the scent of people who, who believe it belongs to God. Who, who are not saying that this is actually mine, and I, but I just give lip service to the Lord about it. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I think this is an incredible place. Y'all have been generous in a whole lot of ways in a variety of, a variety of different seasons. Like this has been a generous community and God's calling us into a new kind of way and a new kind of season. But, but the things that are rippling out, that are, that are bubbling up, that are manifesting themselves are the indication of the work that God has already been doing in you. And I just want you to know, as someone who's getting a front row seat, and sorry, I'm one of the only ones who's getting a front row seat to all this, it's awesome. It's powerful. It smells like the gospel. It smells like the kind of Acts church that says, no, no, this isn't mine. I I actually want to be a part of making something for someone else real and true and good. So uh, if you do need some help thinking through creative ways, we have some stuff in that brochure that we have on your chairs. There's some ways of thinking about that if that's helpful to you. But um, in many ways, there are, there are a slew of you that are already acting and living as though none of the things that belong to you were your own. And it's, it's awesome. And what, what I want to invite you is to do even more, to step into that. For those of you who are on the outside of that and thinking, I haven't even had a conversation yet with my spouse, or I haven't even con- considered this, um, to jump in, to be a part of it. So a generous community knows uh, why they give, and a generous community remembers what they have. And thirdly, a generous community understands how to give. Uh, If you go to the Exodus passage, verse 5, it says, Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution. Verse 21, And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him, and everyone whose spirit moved him, and, and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting. In the entire different sets of passages that I read to you, did you notice that there's not a hint, not even the smallest appearance of guilt or shame? And there's nothing. It's as though it's completely absent. Now, I don't, I don't know what's, I don't know what's been going on you even as we've been talking this morning, or I don't know what has been a part of your process in thinking since we've been talking about this, this project over the last few weeks about asking you to be a part of, of the financial commitment to this, to this, but I suspect that for some of you, it's been, it's been, it's been dread. <laughs> some of you, you just, this is your first Sunday and we're talking about money and we're like, could we be more cliche as a church? We never talk about money, but you happen to be here, so... Um, but, but I know that for some of you, this actually just feels, has felt like, feels like guilt. It just draws on all, your, all your, your guilt pieces. And some of you are just holding your breath until we're done. Maybe this will pass. So let me say this. If you struggle with being generous, if, 
if you if you don't participate in, in, in giving regularly out of what God has given you, if, if, if from an understanding standpoint, it's like there's something I just don't want to have to deal with right now. If, if you're really honest with yourself and you say, yeah, yeah, my possessions possess me. Like I'm more committed to making sure I feel okay and comfortable. And I, that's, that's where I am. I, 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 have, I have good news. I, I know this sermon is terrible and must feel terrible right now. Um, but how, it's, it's, it's such good news. First of all, I think God's fine with you feeling terrible about this. It really is. I mean that. I, I mean that. Hear me. Hear me. The reason I'm saying this is because it's good news, right? This is, and this is why it's good news. This is why it's good news. It's because all it is is putting, it's putting light, the reality of light on what's really going on in your heart. And, and you know what God wants more than your cash? He wants you. He wants you. And here's the thing. If you're all trapped in your stuff... Your heart is not his, and he wants you free. So, so the good news is God's inviting you into the light right now, into this very season. He's provided this opportunity for reality to manifest itself in your conversation and in your own heart. And so what I want to say is don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment to step into the very means that God is giving you to be freed, to to be released from some of the stuff that has you trapped. It's one of the gifts that a season like this provides. When you're building a temple, when you're raising a tabernacle, when you're reconstructing a temple, there's all these different moments in the Old Testament. When when needs are arising, it's an opportunity. God's inviting you in. God's calling you to freedom and joy. And and I know it's counterintuitive, but that's, that's the very thing that manifests itself through generosity. Freedom and joy are, they're, they're, the, they're, the, they're the primary fruit of what emerges when our hearts are open to being generous. And l- listen to the litany of, uh, of descriptors in the Old Testament passages I read. Just let, and I want you to do this. If, if you're struggling going like, yeah, I don't know. I just want this to go away. Um, I want you to place yourself into this moment and allow God to say, this, this can be true of you. And for some of you, this is true of you already. You've, you've seen it, you're experiencing it. But, but listen to these. Whoever is of a generous heart, everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him, all who were of a willing heart, as a freewill offering to the Lord, made their freewill offerings. They were giving freely, willingly. They were of a whole heart, and they offered freely to the Lord, offering freely and generously to you, Lord. Don't you want to be a part of that? Don't you want to be a part of the kind of community where that's just true? I do. And here's what I know, and this is, this is why it's good news is that if the Spirit of God is in you, that's what he wants for you too. So maybe, you're, um, maybe you've memorized 2 Corinthians uh, 9, 7, which if you have, I'm impressed that that would be the case. Um, but 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, you know, that each one of you give as he has decided in his own heart, not reluctantly or, or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so maybe you're that, that place where you're like, listen, I don't want to give under compulsion. I, I, don't, I don't want to give reluctantly. I just don't want to be that person. You know, like I really want to be faithful to the scriptures. Clearly you love the Bible. Um, and what I would say is, man, I agree. 
Like, don't give under compulsion. Don't, don't give grudgingly whatsoever. No, I would say exercise your faith and ask the Spirit of God, who this is actually what he does, to give you a willing, joyful, desirous spirit. That it wouldn't be under compulsion or, or, or grudgingly, that it would be willingly, joyfully, full of anticipation, freely. That's what this passage invites you into. N- not a loophole. We're pro loophole people, and and we we do it with the Bible. I mean, like I, I I like I read the Bible a lot. I know what the loopholes are. Like, no, there's no loophole here. Again, God wants you, loved ones. He wants you. He wants your whole heart. He's not worried about your stuff. He owns it all. He gives. He takes away. Like it's the illusion of control. No, no, He wants you. He's inviting you into joy. Into real, real joy. And I think this is one of the things I love about that verse in particular is, you know, always the not, the not reluctantly or under compulsion seems to like, you know, pulsate in the middle of the verse. But the, the last part of the verse is God loves a cheerful giver. And all I, for me, helps me when I just try to imagine a little bit the delight of God when our hearts are willing and free and, and, and joyful in the giving that he's also joyful and excited and delighted. That's not like he loves us. He loves you more if you give more. Like, it's not like that. No, no, like he delights in the fact that you being the kind of consecrated person who will give things away without holding on to them so tight, but, but letting them go, that he delights in that because of what's true for you and the fact that there's more of him in you. See, like, it's like the road is cleared. Oh, and, and, and he loves that because it's fitting. It's, it fits the reality of what he has done and what he wants to do in us. The result of generosity is joy. It's like they've been bound together. You see it, um, it's joy for individuals and it's joy for a community. It says, the people rejoiced, your people offering freely and joyously to you. David, even David the king also rejoiced greatly. Everyone rejoices in a generous community. So I'm just going to say this. You don't want to miss out. Don't miss out on what God has for you. Don't miss out in what he might be inviting you into. Don't miss out in the conversation with him, the engagement, the, the pulling away of the things that I feel like I have. Don't miss out. He's using this time for your good. He's using this time for your good and for, for my good. So a generous community understands how to give with a willing, free, and joy-filled heart. Lastly, a a generous community sees a generous God. One of my favorite verses in scripture is Romans 8, 32, which says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God's a, God is a giver. Jesus says to all the people that are worried and afraid, he says, don't, don't, don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. He, no, no, I, I take care of sparrows. I take care of lilies. Like, I've, I've got you. So, so don't worry. I'm, I'm a giver. God over and over affirms to his people in the scriptures, I am a good God and I have good gifts for my children. Uh, one of the things that... Um, one of the reasons I was drawn to calling this campaign all in is not because it's like a poker reference. I'm terrible at poker. Um, and it's not because it's you know, catchy or um, it's because, um, because it's the gospel. 
it, it's the story of the gospel. It's, it's that God's an all in God. And here's the, the funny thing is, um, like, I, you know, I, I actually, I really want you to be all in, you know, we can high five in the hallway. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm all in. Yes. But, but the fundamental truth is this, is that even in my all in, it's all lowercase, right? Like I'm, I'm both, you know, selfish and, and simultaneously generous. I, I can be, I can be incredibly self-dependent and at the same time, other times really giving myself to God. I, I'm open and I'm, I'm closed. I'm, I'm this, but God's not. Like God is always all in. And if there is, if there is a, a truth about something we can really lean on, it's not each other. Though God invites us to lean into one another. But it's on the fact that, that he, immovable, consistent, committed. Like it's, it's not a commitment card. It's, it's a body nailed to a cross. That's the commitment. That's the all-in nature of God. And what's, what's awesome about that is that we don't, we're not trying to be him. We're actually allowing him to be that in us. And it manifests itself in, in areas of generosity. But, but loved ones... Like, that's the kind of God we have. And therefore, that's the kind of God we can trust, especially when he invites us to things that are like, oh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Not, not right now. Not with that. He gave himself. <laughs> he consecrated himself, and then he gave. He, and he gave himself. Which is why the only way we're ever going to become a, a generous community is when, when we, see, we see the generosity of God in Christ. And, and we have to behold it, and we have to see it again, and then we have to behold it again, and we have to be reminded of it again. Because I think I'm all on my own, and that I have to take care of me. And what the cross says is, you can't take care of yourself. I'm the one who's going to step in, and I'm going to be the one who provides, protects, leads you is for you. I, I'm giving all of myself so that you know that you don't have to wonder if you're loved. You don't have to wonder if you're accepted. You don't have to wonder about whether or not God's going to be providing for you. Look here. Look, look at the cross. You wonder if you're loved? Look, look here. Look, are you wondering if you belong to him? Look here. He has made an all-in declaration for all time that cannot be taken away. And so he says it as well. Now, now listen to me, Let, let's talk about your things and let's, let's talk about how you release those to the work and the mission, the purpose that I have for you. And that's the invitation that the cross gives. That's the invitation that the scriptures give us. The invitation as we echo the Old Testament brothers and sisters, that we would give our hearts, our bodies, our souls to him because he gave to us. And we get reminded of that every time when we come to this table. So let's do that now. Let's pray. Father, you... Um, you gave all, and, um, and so now we have received all. And so it's from that place that it is, it is a joy to consecrate ourselves, to, to, to give ourselves to you. Not, not just our things, but our, our very selves. And, um, and that's going to look different for most people in this room. But one thing we know is that you desire to meet us, desire to give us more of yourself, and so we want to receive that. And as we come to this table, we ask that you would, you would do that in a, in, a, in a very tangible way, that as we take in the elements, that we would be receiving the fullness 
of the all-in that you did for us and that from that we would have buoyancy and clarity and courage and repentance that uh, we, would, we would actually live in reality that all things are yours. And then we could say, all right, Lord, what do you want to do? That's our invitation, Lord. I thank you that Christ makes it clear as can be. And so we receive him and we worship you. A name above all names. Pray this in Christ, our Savior. Amen. If you belong to Jesus, this is your meal. Come and receive the body and blood of Christ for you.